This is the science behind the art, where we discuss the insights of the cosmetic industry through a different lens, uniting scientists and artists. We are the New York Society of Cosmetic Chemists. I'm Maria. I'm Regina. And I'm Leah. Join us as we embrace beauty and dive behind the scenes of the cosmetic industry. On today's episode, we have Eileen Kim. As head of the U.S. Innovation and Research Perspective team of Chanel, Eileen leads the U.S. team of scientists and chemists that create makeup, skincare, and toiletry innovations and products for Chanel worldwide. Eileen has worked within the cosmetic science industry for the past 25 years, where she has developed color cosmetics, skincare, and toilet treats products for brands such as Lancome, L'Oreal, Ralph Lauren, Garnier, and Kiehl's. In addition to her focus on cosmetic chemistry, she is a state board licensed cosmetologist in New Jersey and a state board licensed esthetician in New York. Eileen's educational background includes a bachelor's degree in chemistry from Seton Hall University and a master's of cosmetics and fragrance marketing and management from Fashion Institute of Technology. Thank you so much for being with us today, Eileen, and welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much, Maria. I'm so happy to be here. Could you start us off with a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Sure, I'd love to. Um, basically, uh, I guess my story starts in science, which is very interesting because I come from a family of scientists. My dad um, pursued physics uh, and studied uh, at the University of California at Berkeley and did his PhD. And now um, he, uh, he did pass away and uh, I'm really happy that we shared science together. And he was a professor at the university I went to and uh, we shared that moment together. So I really have this connection with my father in science and my mom uh, is a nurse and she was a nurse, she's retired now. So um, I really see the power of education in science because it enabled them to come not only um, builds a career, but to come to the US. Science was uh, kind of the key for them and they studied really hard um, and built a life here. And after that, I I chose chemistry and uh, it brought me to the world of cosmetic science, which I am really grateful to be part of. Wow, you said that so beautifully. I've never heard science have such a meaning to someone. So (laughs) uh, that's wonderful. And when you started out, so how was your career path after or 25 years back? So 25 years back, I entered uh, the cosmetic industry and it was a really perfect decision because um, at that time I was doing some research in biochemistry and I was trying to decide between pharma and cosmetic. And it was kind of like a no brainer for me. I, I, I knew that this was the perfect industry to balance kind of my interest and my passion and uh, my continued yearning to learn, to learn. And uh, since 25 years, I, I've embraced everything I could about the industry because I find it fascinating. And so thank you for the very nice introduction. It, it, mm-hmm. it kind of shows you that 
Um, I love every part of this industry and um, the practice, the science, every part of formulating, right? So um, every part of makeup, which is a whole spectrum of products, right? Um, and then skincare, which is another spectrum of products and um, innovation and in development. And then you can go on, right? So then there's the marketing aspect and there's the practice. So the industry never uh, makes me bored. <laughs> it only helps me learn more and want to learn more. And quite frankly, it's evolving consistently. You never know everything and you're always um, always on a journey, uh, which, is, which is phenomenal. So I'm really happy to have chosen a career that gives you all of that opportunity. Yeah, definitely an evolving industry. And I think that's what keeps us on our toes that the trends are changing day to day and we got to keep up as chemists, as scientists and as, as formulators. So that's fascinating. And I think... I mean, you deal with so much innovation, I, I can't even imagine, but could you tell us a little bit about the art of failure and experimenting? So I like to call this, um, sometimes we're experimenting and we have successful failures, right? So we need things to go wrong to understand what can go right. So how has that been? So it's a beautiful topic and, and it's really interesting because uh, my team uh, did a presentation, like a masterclass on this, on this topic. So I'm going to try to highlight a few things on their behalf. Um, what's so funny is I remember when I started in the industry and you have to learn how to fail <laughs> as a chemist and, and be okay with it because you're going to face it. And I remember that being a huge challenge for me. And I have to say today, I look at it very differently. Okay, so, and this has actually helped me in my personal life too, right? So it's funny how your work can shape how you uh, live oh, the day. Oh, for again. sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty interesting. So um, I think for experimentation, uh, I'll start with that. As chemists, I believe we're trained to look at experiments in a very specific way. Uh, we conduct experiments each day. And when a cosmetic chemist creates an an experiment, it's usually a test to validate something or invalidate something. Um, for example, if I use this ingredient in a formula, will I get this end result? Or um, will I get a more stable formula? So it's, it's really this uh, mentality we have. And I think now I've learned to look at experimentation in a slightly different way um, and from a different angle. And I, I really believe that it's extremely important to design an experiment in the right way. Uh, and, and designing of experiments, I think is key um, to understand that you'll never get where you need to go if your experiment isn't designed correctly. Um, so it's important to understand what information we're looking for, where do we get the information and how we should use the information. I think also um, it's relevant to focus not only on the results we obtain, but also uh, the process of experimentation. Uh, so you acquire results, you interpret, and you apply. So I think it's really interesting um, 
to look at experiments from a process and design perspective. And so <laughs> failure, which is a really great topic, um, as I started, it is, it is a pain point I see for younger chemists. They, they fail and they get very upset. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> it's an opportunity. <laughs> it's an opportunity to learn. And um, it's an opportunity to pivot. And it's an op opportunity to improve uh, a process. So in my view now, we learn the most when we fail, right? And I think sometimes the bigger the failure, the bigger the lesson, even though I remember my my biggest failures from like the 1990s, I still remember. <laughs> and they're the, you know, they're the biggest lessons and, and I apply them today. Uh, so I, I, I guess to remember that, that when you're going through that, that's kind of a strong sense of education that you will use later. It's a expertise that you will have and that you will apply later to do things in a different way. And uh, it's a great learning opportunity. I think it's uh, failure has been, I, I, the, the idea of failure has evolved greatly for me. And I, and I hope that people start to see, especially young chemists, the value of it. Yes, I think that the fact that failure has evolved, the definition of failure has evolved for you is, I think it's the definition of advancing in your career. I think that's what makes you an expert and um, good at what you do now and good at what you did then. Um, but it's completely different. You're failing in completely different ways when you are at the different levels. So now as an innovator, um, how would you say you arrive at what's defined as an innovative idea? Okay, that's a really great question. And I believe, first, we have to understand what what you would consider innovative, right? An innovative idea or product. And I think that's a really tough question because it's it's constantly changing. You know, before it could have been a product, now it could be a service, now it could be a combination, it could be a new package, it could be many things today. So I believe that we have to look at it in a more holistic way and say, what is an innovative idea? And I think we have to check mark a few things, um, something that is valuable, um, something that makes an advancement, something that shifts the way we do things. And, and of course, something that serves a need, right? And um, I think innovative ideas also don't come from you alone, or it doesn't come from uh, you know, one idea, it is a combination of many different things. And I, and I believe that innovation in general today uh, requires a lot of different mindsets coming together. That's what I'm seeing. Um, that's what I see so much today that when you, when you have even opposing mindsets, opposing expertise. And when they come together, you can create something new. Uh, so it's great on, on my team, we have so many different people with expertise and we're able to really exchange. Uh, <laughs> we're all very different. And mm -hmm. it, it, it allows us to um, come up with different ideas, test like assumptions right so we we really have a space where we're where you create 
um, an environment that allows for innovation, where, where that has to be there as well, whether it's a time or um, the way you approach things. It's, it, I think that's key as well. In terms of what's really important and how to get the idea to become a reality, I think it's really difficult because usually innovative ideas may be sometimes far-fetched, just far-fetched or something we're not used to. And a part of us wants to do things the way we used to do. And I think for innovation, you have to realize that it's not always the easy track, right? It's going to take on a lot of challenges. Um, it's not familiar to many people. So it's key that you, you get people to support it and that you believe in it and work hard to prove, prove its value and merit. Uh, so I think that's really important is buy-in and giving it the fuel it needs and um, also being flexible enough to shift and being agile to look at it from different angles. And you have to continue to work on it. I think innovation um, requires that you may need to pull in lots of experts, right? Because we don't know everything. I think that's key. Uh, we don't know everything. And um, so it's important to have other people's perspectives. And if you are not able to um, push something forward, ask who needs to be involved? Who do I need to talk to? And how do we make this work together? And again, as, as, as we mentioned before, you're going to face failure, right? And you're going to have to have creative solutions. And you're going to have to experiment and, uh, um, and do many different trials to, to see if this could come to life. And then um, in the end, hopefully you will have a beautiful product that people, people will use and, and find great value from. Oh, for sure. You threw out so many keywords, <laughs> experimentation, <laughs> failure, great product, looking at things in a more holistic way, but at the same time using different expertise. So we all see the world so differently. Um, how we would use a product differs so much from person to person. So I think bringing everybody together is definitely what makes what makes innovation what it is and a great idea come to life. So that's wonderful. And that's awesome that you get to work on that every day, um, that you get to kind of look ahead and not only think, you know, what's going to be best for the company, but what do people need as well? Um, that's really what's going to sell. That's really what people are going to give their brand loyalty to, if that's the case. So uh, really fascinating. So in your career, I'm sure the cosmetic industry has changed a lot. We've seen technology advance. We've seen more of an importance placed on the interaction of business and science. So, and you, you have a master's in cosmetics and fragrance marketing and management. So you, you also have give that importance. So how have you seen that the cosmetic industry has changed during your career? I've seen it change so much uh, and, and so rapidly. And that's the beauty of it because <laughs> Uh, we never get bored again, as I said. And I would have to say when I started uh, my career, 
I think the first thing that I thought was interesting, and, and I think I'll call them shifts because it's really big shifts mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and they happen quickly and we respond. I think the industry responds very quickly. So the first shift I saw was uh, we were very local. We were really working um, locally, meaning I, in, in what I was doing, I was working for, let's say the US market, right? And then there was a strong shift to become more global. And it's funny because the world became more global. It wasn't just our industry. And you see these, um, and you see the cosmetic industry respond or even lead in this area whenever um, there's a, a big change, right? So as the world became more global, the industry did. What happened was then we had to change the way we created products because you see all the different regulations. Not only that, you had to think about the consumer in a global way, right? So what personally, you know, in the United States was like the best product if it, it wouldn't sell the same way in, the, in Asia. So you would, it was such a, it's such an interesting thing because it was so long ago and we're in such a different place today. But back then it was a really huge shift where you had to think about, wow, now I'm, I'm creating products for the world. And I remember that, that shift in, in a big way. And, and then you think about where we are today, right? And it's another evolution of um, making products for everyone and, uh, and, and, and associating products with the values and, and what people stand for. So you see just in that evolution right there, that was interesting. I think um, another way, another shift or another uh, way the market has changed, it was also a change in products themselves. So makeup used to just be makeup. <laughs> a lipstick was... Um, for color and eyeshadow was for, you know, eyeshadow making your eyes you know, <laughs> colorful and products themselves evolved into so much more, right? So they evolved to um, mean something more to people. And today we go from like a colored product uh, for lips and now it, it has more meaning, meaning it could even have, it could even be vegan. So it really starts to associate with people's standards and values, right? What they believe in and uh, cruelty-free and um, organic. And these shifts, it's so funny. I remember when products just started to go natural and there weren't many ingredients that we could use. Mm -hmm. And still we, we've made so much leeway in that, in that world, but uh it's amazing to see how far we've come. And I, I think it's a, a really positive thing to see how much we've evolved as an industry. Um, and I guess if, if we think about where are we going, I think that's a really tough question um, because it's hard to say where we're going right now. And, and, and I think you do have somewhat of an instinct of, of, of what, what's to come and and perhaps we see a wave of um again really understanding the consumer in a very intimate way right so and I, when i say intimate i mean really what i did identifies people 
And it's so interesting how cosmetics and skincare and toiletries have a way to connect to people, right? And and talk to people and and align with now their their value system and, and what's important to them and which is really the really core things. How am I unique? <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. What definitely. Do I, yeah. What do I cons- consider beautiful? Right. Um, uh, everyone is beautiful. So it's it's an interesting conversation that that we are in as a cosmetic industry, and it's a really powerful one. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's amazing. I think. I think. I mean, I always like to say that change is good. Um, I. I think it's necessary. I think if we stay stagnant, we would be nowhere right now. And I think that the globalization of the world has, yes, it has changed the industry, but it has also helped the industry. Because if you think about it, um, just for example, sun care, you have different demographics in the different places, they get hit by the sun differently. So I think being able to learn about all of this and connect as as a society has helped the industry move forward. And I think that also ties back to multifunctional products, like you said, so they don't, people no longer just want a moisturizer, they want it to also cover their imperfections, or they want it to reduce wrinkles. So I think I think globalization has really, really helped us out. So, yeah, it is. It's it's so interesting, and I'm excited to see where our industry our industry is going next. Definitely, and I think the past year, no, none of us would have predicted this um, the the world that we're living in now. But um, we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. So, I think you've mentioned such important topics. I think you touched on so many different parts of innovation and where where the market was 25 years ago versus where it is today. Um, So for those people that are starting out in the industry and even for those that are not in the industry, what is something you would like to tell them? I would like to tell them, okay, so for those in the industry, I would like to tell them that they've chosen a, a really amazing career that I sincerely believe if you like to learn, if you like to have an impact, if you like to see the ro- results of your work, uh, if you like to create, um, if you like to innovate, which requires you to think in a different way, um, if you don't like to be bored, <laughs> mm-hmm. you've chosen the right career. And I have to say, I have, I, I am so happy I chose cosmetic chemistry. Uh, it's opened up many doors for me in my life. It's allowed me to live in another country, uh, you know, in Paris for, for two and a half years. It's allowed me to work with international colleagues from all over the world um, and really connect. And, and it's an industry that you will start out in and you will make beautiful connections and networks. And uh, today I see people at the Society of Cos- New York Society of Cosmetic Chemist events that I knew 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you look the same, just kidding. <laughs> I, think, I, think that, uh, I think that you build beautiful networks and um, in our industry, it's important to always uh, really treasure 
um, the people you meet because you'll be spending a lot of time with them <laughs> for, for the next 20 years, 30 years. I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> for, for those who are not in the industry, I would say choose a career you love. Um, I think it's important and um, choose a career that I feel um, doesn't limit your growth. Right. And that you you could continue to explore who you are and grow along with the journey. And I feel like, I think that's important. I think that's what, that was something that I'm really happy I got to do. Oh, well, thank you so much for all of your insights. And I look forward to seeing where the industry is going and to possibly having another conversation down the line. Thank you so much, Maria, for having me. I really enjoyed it. Like what you heard? The NYSEC is here to move cosmetic science forward. Stay tuned to our next episodes and visit nysec.org for more content. Hey, Susanna Fernandez here, this year's NYSEC's chair. Don't forget about Suppliers Days, beauty's main event for innovation in ingredients and formulation taking place on November 10th and 11th at the Javits Center in New York City. There will also be a virtual day on Friday, November 12th to make it accessible for everyone in the industry. We look forward to seeing you there. Visit us at nysec.org slash suppliers day today.